This is Josie Brown with Author Provocateur. Today, my guest is the award-winning New York Times and USA Today best-selling author, Sabrina York, who's known for her steamy, snarky romances. She writes about a fantasy that you may have, be it a hot seal, steamy cowboys, kilted warriors, or naughty dukes. And her heroes find their match in her slightly snarky heroines. Sabrina's latest historical novel, What a Highlander's Got to Do, has an English viscount posing as a stable boy and stealing the heart of a wild Scottish lass. And her most recent novel, The Viridian Convict, is the third in her Blue Dominion sci-fi action-adventure series. Sabrina and I talked about her process in writing in these two very different genres and the emotional and humorous threads that run through all of her books. Welcome, Sabrina. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I couldn't wait to have you here um, because I look at your body of work and I go, wow, 40 books. And I have to ask, how did you begin your writing career? And, you know, what is it that unleashed your imagination in practically every romance genre known to womankind? <laughs> That's a big question. Um, well, I have to say, uh, as a kid, uh, I was an army brat. And we traveled all over the world, and there wasn't always television, but there were always books. So I learned to love books very, very young. And and most people don't know this about me, but I'm also dyslexic. So my mom, when she was told that I would never learn to read or write, she basically, her response was, of the hell. And she helped me just create this amazing love of books and story. And so I've always been very creative, um, just out of sheer boredom, you know, coming up with story ideas. And later in life, I would watch a movie or read a book and go, "Mm, I would have done it this way. So that's kind of, you know, the basis of it. Um, And of course, I won an award when I was in the sixth grade. I don't want to (laughs) brag, but it was pretty exciting. And, you know, it was writing an essay. And that was the point where I thought, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a best-selling author. And so, of course, I wrote all kinds of stuff. Um, And that's the other thing I want to point out. It's like, I don't just write everything in romance. I I write anything that I want to write because I have like ADD and I'm like, oh, I could write that. Oh, let me try this. (laughs) So it's a lot of fun. But in terms of romance, I started reading romance when I was in high school and I just fell in love with the tropes and, you know, I, I didn't like all of the way things were written back then, but it's changed now. So um, my favorite author was Joanna Lindsay because she wrote, before there was a paranormal uh, genre, she wrote paranormal. She wrote um, romance and sci-fi together. She wrote, you know, contemporary and she wrote historical. And, you know, back in the old days, you could pick one. You know, you could be an author that wrote historical or contemporary. But nowadays, you know, you can write anything you want to write if there's a reader for it and there's a reader for it. So that's exciting to me, really exciting to me. Yeah. And it hasn't like, it really hasn't held you back. If anything, it's, it's kind of, I'm sure expanded your readership because they readers are like you, they don't just read one genre. Usually, usually they have several that they go for. And I'm sure you've seen people go, Oh, great. I loved her with this. Oh my God. She writes this too. And I want to try that. 
Well, I hear from a lot of contemporary readers, and they say, you know, I don't like historical. I never like historical. I'm not going to read historical, but I loved yours. <laughs> um, and I think if you're an author like me and you're doing things like this, the, the most important thing you need to remember is to have like that brand translate through that voice translate through. Now, my historical voice is very different than my contemporary voice because it needs to be. But my sense of humor and my like snarky heroines and, you know, those things travel through. Um, even like I told you about the sci-fi that I wrote, it's not even romance, but it's got my kind of trademark snarky, you know, uh, humor, which I'm finding I enjoy writing that humor more than anything as I get older. It's like, it's that humor I want to write. I want people to laugh, you know, and have a good time. Right, because books are entertaining. Exactly. So or they're not good books. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, your latest Scottish historical is A Highlander's Got to Do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that book and, and what makes your heroine so sassy and about this Viscount who's sort of in hiding when he meets her, or I guess, I don't know if he's in hiding, but they meet under, it's a cute meet in, in, in their time period. So there's a little backstory on this guy. Um, the book that I'm featuring at uh, Barbara Vay's event is Susanna and the Scott. And um, it's one of my favorite books. And it uh, was a Rita nominee last year. So I'm very thrilled about that. And uh, what a Highlander's got to do is the fifth book in this series of untamed Highlanders and um, Isabel is the heroine. Well, Isabel first shows up in Susanna and the Scott as a five-year-old. Ah. And what no one knows except Susanna is that the hero, Andrew is Isabel's father. Ah. So that whole story is kind of the secret baby and this reuniting of, of these two characters who are kind of at odds, but then we flash forward to what a Highlander's got to do, and Isabel has grown up. Mm. So I had a problem because I had this little girl who was a hellion. I mean, she shot books in the library, and you know she would run away and climb on the towers, and she was just a wild child. So how do you take a child like that and keep her qualities and make her likable as an adult? So that that was one of the issues I was dealing with with that book. But but I think she turned out she, she you know, she held on to her wildness, but she also matured in some very interesting ways, except she has decided she she will never marry uh, an Englishman uh. because she's a Scott. And, you know, there's a huge history there. So her family goes to London for the season and she's not happy about that because they obviously they want to marry her off and she has no intention of marrying an Englishman. But on the way, she meets uh, a man, a very handsome man. He actually saves her life, although she denies that, but he did. Um, as she's getting ready to uh, leap over a river where the, the bridge is out. Right. And he grabs her and saves her life. And, of course, they have this wild fling because she thinks he is um, a stable boy. <laughs> and she's like, if I'm going to have a fling, it's going to be with someone I'm attracted to and he's super hot. And I'll never see him again because I'm going to London and then I'm going back to Scotland. So she decides to go ahead and have a fling with this guy, not knowing that he is indeed a British, not even is, 
is he a British lord? His father is a duke. Ah. And he's the heir. <laughs> so it's like she gets to she gets to London and and he's there. <laughs> and she, her first thought, of course, is that he's followed her. <laughs> but but you know, then they have to work it out. But um what one of the things I love about the story is is it links in my other series, my other um Regency series, Noble Passions. And Noble Passions, the Duke uh, of Moncrief falls in love with a Scottish woman and marries her. And of course, Nick is their son. Wow. So it kind of ties together two series that I really love. And um, it brings this character and all of the other characters from Noble Passions into the story. And I I love the fact that you're going to have like the first in the series there to introduce new readers to... um, to the series itself, but that here you have a dovetail and not only yeah. a dovetail with, you know, the latest book in the series, but also a dovetail with <clears throat> a complementary uh, series, you know, so you're, you're and, dovetailing two series and you're also dovetailing the first book to the latest book. Right. And what a thrill. I do want to say though, that all my books are standalone. I, I make it a point to write them like that because I know, I mean, People don't, you know, I don't know about you, but I hate feeling like, oh, my God, now I have to read all these books in the series to catch up. You don't have to, um, but you'll want to because they're fun. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have to. And, and that's what I like. I think, I think any story should be a complete story. Um, you know, and it, if, if anything, it leaves the reader wanting to know more but not needing to know more. I think that that's our obligation as authors is to give a reader a complete story. And, and I, I, even when I write, and I do write a lot of novellas, novellas need to be a complete story. And that's one of the challenges of writing novellas is giving the reader the feeling that they read a whole book when they, you know, it was maybe a third of what a, a normal book would be in terms of length. So it still needs to be a full, rich story. Right. Have a beginning, a middle and an end. Exactly. And no dangling threads where they're like, who's this person? I don't know this person. You know, that's one thing I don't like when I read like the third or fourth or fifth book. Um, It's like, who are these people popping in? I don't know. You know, you need as an author, it's our obligation to paint those people fully, even if they're, you know, a returning character, because some people don't know them. Right. And they need to know them. They're good people. Right. Some are bad people, but most are good people. Right. Sort of reintroduce them if they were in a previous book. Yes. Um, so let's talk also about your Blue Dominion series. I know that you've mm-hmm. released uh, the third book in that, The Viridian Convict. Um, what about it? What about this genre seems to you? Oh, so like when I said, when I was younger and I was reading everything, um, I loved reading uh, Douglas Adams, who writes the funniest sci-fi. And it's almost like philosophy of life stuff, too. And I love Piers Anthony. And Piers Anthony writes hard um, sci-fi, and he also writes really funny fantasy. So those were two of my favorite authors as a kid reading sci-fi. And I've always, you know, I have like a book full of story ideas, millions of story ideas in all different genres. And um, so what happened was I was writing the Untamed Highlander series, and the first contract was for three books. And I was the one who gave my editor the deadlines. You know, I said, okay, this is what I can make. So it's my fault. I'm not blaming anyone but myself. But 
basically I wrote those three books in four months. Mm. And at the end, my, I think uh, Lana and the Laird was due the 31st of December. So I took New Year's off. I delivered the book. Then I took New Year's. Shame on you. Off. Shame on yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I had some alcohol. And then um, on the 1st, um, I started playing around. I just thought I'm going to give myself a month of just like fiddly farting around and whatever I want to do. And I had been playing around with this idea uh, for this. Um, actually, uh, you haven't read the book, but Jimmy Blue Note was was the he's the first character that dies in the story. I love the name. <laughs> but but Jimmy Blue Note is, is is an alien and. And and I had you know I was playing with that character in my head, and he's not even a major character, but you know how one character or one word or one phrase can kind of blossom into a story. So I started plotting it out, and which is my my process. I always do my due diligence and plot it out so I know where I'm going. Otherwise, I tend to wander in the wilderness for forty years. Right. So. I have my, you know, my skeleton, my, my plot for the book, and I started writing it. And um, I also, at the same time, I uh, binge-watched Sons of Anarchy. Uh-huh. Because, like I said, I was taking a breather. This is a palate cleanser from, from historical romance. And so I would watch, like, three hours of Sons of Anarchy in the morning, and then I would write for five hours, and then I'd watch a couple more episodes. Um, so it's got, it, you know, it's it's a sci-fi, but what... Uh, reviewers are telling me is that it's not a typical sci-fi so it's a little different but everything I write is a little different Um, however um, it's snarky it's a little darker there is a a romantic uh, element you know there's a there's definitely a romance in it but it's not about the romance it's about uh, these two people trying to escape this prison planet and all of the aliens that are trying to eat them <laughs> a lot of fun, a lot of lot oh, oh, i have to warn you a lot of uh curse words yeah <laughs> i was reading through kind of flipping through the hard copy i got and i was like oh there's a lot of curse words in here <laughs> but that was the mood i was in you know i was I was, uh, you know, doing the Sons of Anarchy thing, and it's like, yeah, I just was like, hey, this is, I'm not going to edit myself at all, and this is just the way it came out. A lot, I had a lot of fun doing it. It's one of my favorite, favorite stories that's not a romance. Well, I'm so glad that you're going to be bringing that to Barbara Vay as well. Me too. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, have you been to one? Oh, yes. Oh. I went, I think it was two years ago, then I was a virgin, and I went, um, I had such a great time, not just meeting the readers, although that was amazing, but also getting a chance to really meet other authors, and that's what I love about Barbara Vay's event, is like it's small enough and intimate enough that you can like sit down to lunch with someone like Heather Graham, right. you know, it's like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know, so you get to meet some of the most amazing authors in the industry as well. So, right. And that's what makes it fun. I think for authors to meet new readers and then, you know, meet people that you read too, to find new books that you want to read. Like right yeah. now, I definitely want to get into Blue Dominion. <laughs> it's pretty snarky. I'll see if I can bring you a copy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're definitely going to be bringing one in the box, excuse me, the bag that we're going to have uh, for some lucky reader who's been commenting on all these reviews. So I appreciate you doing that. Yeah, well, I'll actually, um, I'll give uh, a Blue Dominion and a 
Susanna and the Scott. Ooh, two books. Yeah, I have them both right here in front of me. Perfect, perfect. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Sabrina. This has been fun. I have to say. Thank you so much for asking me. I'm having a blast. And I just want all the readers out there to know if you are going to Barbara Bay, I'm excited to meet you. Please come find me and say hi, and maybe I'll have something sparkly for you. (laughs) Well, that ought to be fun. Want to hear more about the authors who will be attending the Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Weekend? Just go to my website, authorprovocateur.com, and click on to the other interviews. You'll also find them on the event's Facebook page. And beneath each interview, feel free to leave a comment about your favorite part of it. Doing so puts you in the running for a bundle of the author's books. Listeners can leave one comment per author to be entered for the drawing. This is Josie Brown of Author Provocateur, signing off.